You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. I'm Jeremy, and with me is Kylie. Hello, hello. And David. G'day. And we've got an interesting mid-episode about comparing three different supplement books that have been, I guess, recently put out. Probably not so recently, but they've been put out in the last few years. And they are, of course, The Quest of the Ringbearer, The Fall of the Necromancer, and then The Defense of the North. And these are all books that add a lot to the game, but they're all quite different. And I wanted to get a chance mm. to actually provide some review. We know we, we don't like to do reviews instantly because it doesn't really feel great, but we've played with these books now. We've used the yes. content we're going to use and we're going to go through. Yeah. And let's be honest, uh, the three, we, we don't have as much time as we want to. Like, we always wanted to do a full length review of these books, you know, throw out a nice one hour and a half episode for you all, but it's probably not going to happen. This kind of uh, semi short review is probably the best we're going to be able to get. So hope you guys enjoy. Mm. Let's, uh, let's delve into it. What have we got first, Jeremy? Well, Kylie, I want to start with you. I just want to have a look at just the introduction of the history, because I think all our books start with that, don't they? Correct. Yeah, so they've got the same format here. So let's mm. just go through and just, just comment on what you see there and, and who's, it, who's it aimed at. So, well, Kylie, go for it. I've got Quest of the Ring Baron in my hand. So I have History of the Ring. So, I mean, let's be honest. If, if you haven't read The Lord of the Rings, you probably should get out there and, 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 and read it, uh, because it's this, this entire book that I've got... Is, is all based about Frodo's journey. So, you know, it talks about how the rings were forged, you know, what kind of happened with Sauron and the Last Alliance, and then goes into some, you know, nice little flow charts, and I'm sure David would absolutely love some years and dates are always nice to have a have a look-see at. But aside from that, it's, it's kind of, you know, known content. Mm, mm. The Tale of Years is always fun, though, isn't it? You've got a, a mm. full page, don't you, for that one? Yes, the appendices of the Lord of the Rings, looking at some of those... Uh, charts and uh family trees and stuff and what people were doing at what times of the year were always interesting for me to look at yep david yeah so i'm looking at a history of the north which is the area around the lonely mountain so you're looking at defense of the north aren't you yes and what's interesting here is that they're having to cover a period that was described in the book that was based after the hobbit movies so reading through it you get to see how games workshop figures that this book-related content actually fits into the movie universe. And you get to see, because it's heavily summarized down to two pages, which parts they consider important in both. So it's interesting just to try and get into their head as to what they they think is going on here. Because it is a pretty messed up and confused section of the timeline once you get book and movie overlapping. Mm, yeah, yeah, and there's a lot. That's probably the one that's got the most like new content, isn't it? Because it's it's not there's not a lot of specifics there. There's We've got that whole story with the... um. What was it? The uh, Brand and and Bard and Dane and all that, mm. or Dine and all that sort of other people, but the rest of it's not particularly laid out. So, correct. So you get to see how they envision it happening and how they envision it fitting. So you've got Smaug's missing a scale still from the movie, but then you've got yeah the Eastlings marching upon the Lonely Mountain as it happened in the books. Yeah, and the same with mine. So I got the Fallen Necromancer. It feels very much like a. An interpretation of the the book universe, no, the book, sorry, the movie universe, which is which is fine. I don't I don't mind that the history stuff. I must admit, I'm not really that much of the, the person who read that because I, I read the book, so it's not something that I want to necessarily read the interpretation of. I do have an interesting thing with the introduction. This one starts off; it doesn't particularly lend itself in a very favorable light. So it starts off with the the first sentence is okay. 
Welcome to the Fall of the Necromancer, a supplement for the Middle Earth strategy battle game. Okay, I'm fine with that. I've got no that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. That's fine. Good. All right, well, we're in solid, you know, B plus territory here. This 72 page source book covers the events surrounding the Dark Horse's return to Middle Earth some thousand years following his defeat at the War of the Last Alliance. Why say it's a 72 page source book? That feels redundant. Uh, lose a half mark there. Yeah, like, it just feels, does it say on yours? Yeah, so you're looking at the introduction page yeah. before the history yeah, page. Because yeah. I was looking at. Um, the history page starts with an introduction of the area. So my introduction starts with the northern region of Rahavan, encompass the wide lands to the east of the Misty Mountains, and so on. Yep. But yes, there is an introduction before well, that introduction. the introduction mention how many pages it is? 112. <laughs> I've got the biggest one. I've got 128. Does it say it in the introduction? Yes. Oh my goodness. Remember, well, first line. Remember first when line. Matt got his rule book and like pages were missing? I think that's so you can check and make sure all your pages are intact. <laughs> That's true. That was quite funny, though, when Matt gets his brand spanking new rulebook, opens it up, and half of the Rohan section, which was the army he was playing at the time, was completely missing. Mm, yeah, that was a, it definitely clicks out. I just feel that that's, like, it feels very formulaic, and I don't think it adds particularly much. It feels like the kind of thing that you send to an editor rather than that you send to your audience as the first thing to write. Yeah, but you need top text if you're going then into two column texts. Um, because if you don't have some top text along your columns, it, it looks out. So there has to be something there. Yeah, but so, you don't need to say how many pages it is. No, but there has to be something there. And I clearly haven't read this page before, so they got away with it in my mind. And I feel a little bit ripped off here. Because mine's 72 pages, and I pay the same amount of money as you did for your very, very large ones. That's, that's I'm I don't know. very curious to see the text, the, the page count on War and Rohan, Gondor at War, and uh, and the others, because I feel like we're going steadily downhill. Like, I, we're starting with thicker books, and then they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller as we go. We'll check it out, but I think that the two, the Scar and the Shire and the Fall of Necromancer were definitely shorter, and what I didn't like is when they first came out, the design team was like, was like bragging about it a little bit. It's like, well, these ones we only did in two weeks. But they're, they're charging us the same. I don't care how long it takes you to make them. So, look, I must admit that that's, that itself was a pretty bad start for the fall of the Necromancer. The fact that it was significantly less than the others uh, put, put it into a bit of a bad light. But it's come back. Like, Defense of North is a good size, and Quest of the Ring Bear is a good size. So, that, that's all good. It just feels like this one that I've got in my hand right now. It, it's I not will, straining yeah. my arms. It's not that heavy. I will admit, it, it, like, they, they, they said that they did in, like, a couple of weeks, and... To be to be blunt, it definitely feels like and looks like and reads like it was done in a couple of weeks. Oh, possibly, yeah, yeah. Some of it does. And look, in Wasn't all that the... scouring that they said they did in a few weeks, yeah, or but also is there two of them, e- either, either or. Yeah, they they had they didn't say it like as a negative, but they say like they've got shorter parts of the schedule to work on them, and and basically between Blood Bowl releases, we've got the <laughs> the work in the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah, so Warren Rohan and Gondor at War are your one twenty eight. 128 page source books and scouring was down at the 80 page level. So this Ooh. is even smaller than scouring. That's uh, that's a bit of a shame. That's a bit that's of a shame. That's a wolf moment right there. Yeah, yeah. At least they're all multiples of four. No weird page stuff going on. <laughs> but they're, they're all presented very nicely though. The artwork's pretty yes, good. I, like, I will admit, I one thing that I always have to give credit to Games Workshop is their their layout for their book design is is quite nice. Quite they nice. could work on their italics, but. They could. And <laughs> True. Are their bobs still up to scratch? How's the back of the book looking these days? I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do miss from the very, like, I'm talking like Palinor Field, Shadow and Flame era, when they had at the very back of the book 
not even just like the the map page, but the wound charts and the they had like the wound charts, but not just that. They had a summary of the profile, and that was always so much ha- how easier to do. Instead of like rifling through the book, you could just grab the book, flick to the back page, like. Uh, what's uh, what's Glorfindel's defense again? Because it's like it's one of those weird defenses that you don't think you know. But agreed, that was yeah. useful. Yeah, yeah. Like no, no, they just they were look. I think the layout's cool. It's nice and colourful. Like we've we've come a long way from yeah. what books look like. So we move on to our scenarios. So Kylie, what are you looking at for scenario number in the main section? Ooh, ooh, scenario number. Mm. See, I don't have a fancy like. You don't have a context page? Don't have a context pa- uh, content page for the scenarios. Just no, no, check right at the start. It's got a right list of the it. Stars? Yeah, yeah. Before even the introduction. You know what? Oh, jeez. Like contents. That's a good okay. thing to have. All right. No, that is a good thing to have. It's just a bit, you know. Oh, it's right at the. Of course. Yeah. I feel okay. like we're no, deliberately is... stalling here. Is there bad news we're putting off? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is legitimately Kylie being, doing a Kylie and just not having her bearings in her book. Okay, go for uh, Kylie. Yes. All right. Well, we've got a, quite a few scenarios. I can't, I'd have to count it. Hang on. One, two. Uh, it looks to be at least two dozen of them here. Yeah. I would, I would, you know, ballpark two dozen. Two dozen? Nice. That's a lot. David? Yeah, I'm looking at 18 in Defense of the North. Okay. So I've got 13 of them. And I, I'll get you guys to, to describe this very soon. But mine, a lot oh. of them were released ahead of time in things like White Dwarf. So we had some, some of them that were around. Things like the founding of Dol Guldur were not. So there was probably about mm. half of them are new, half of them are not, which is not terrible, I guess. But they're all mostly small scale scenarios. I've got very much the handful of model type scenarios, which I do like. That's definitely a positive for me. So most of it is very achievable in terms of board size, models to collect. The big ones are things like just all nine Nazgul and the the uh, White Council. These it's are funny not you say scenarios. that too, because I'm in a very similar vein here with Quest of the Windbrayer. A lot of these scenarios are very very doable as a starting out point. Like you're looking at Fellowship, the Nine Ring Wraiths, uh, mm. just a handful of Barrowites and stuff. And these, these are, I've played all through a lot of the early parts of um, Quest of the Ring Bear. And these are all gorgeous scenarios, very playable, very fun to play too. I think that's really important with a lot of the starting scenarios, uh, uh, particularly for at least Quest, Quest of the Ring Bearer, for them to be enjoyable for both players to play. Mm. I have a question for the pair of you. Where do you see the value coming through in a scenario section? Because where I've found is for a written scenario, you will need to balance it for your terrain set. You will need to balance it for the play style of the two people involved. You will need to balance it in a whole host of different ways. So I've found if you just want a weather top, you're probably better you and your opponent going, right, we want to do a weather top. How do we want to do this? Than starting with a written scenario where whereas i find the value comes through in the linked campaign because i can't just sit down with my opponent and thrash out a linked campaign which ties everything together because we we can't hold that much information in our heads at one time so having it written down becomes useful but the problem is i find with most of these uh campaign sections the link campaign seems like an afterthought. It just says whoever gets yeah. to the end and wins, wins. Or whoever wins mm. the most games, wins. So games in the middle either don't matter or you can win a campaign halfway through. I think the original Fall of the Necromancer was my favourite book scenario-wise because the way they had that campaign set up, every game was counting towards the final battle and the final battle still had to be played. So Fall of the Necromancer, the original, hands down my favourite scenario book. Uh, even better than Scaring of the Shire. Both of them together. 
So uh, actually, no, I'll um, I'll, I'd agree with that. the The original um, Fallen Necromancer was it was a scenario book that got me back into playing it. But kind of an aside, it's interesting that you would mention that because I, I feel like the the same is very similar to to the scenario I've got the the book I've got in, in my hand too. Like, yes, you can knock off members of the Fellowship early, but it's it, it kind of ruins a little bit of the scenarios going forward. Some of the scenarios like are, are almost unwinnable or unplayable without certain members of the fellowship and stuff. So it's interesting that you would say that. And I think it. I think one of the things that I, I think that they probably should try and look at more, especially with some of the um, more quirkier uh, supplements that they might be coming out to, is using the, op- the scenarios as an opportunity to tell more stories, like make it more story-driven. So almost as if, you know, you, you flip through one page in time, you don't read ahead, you don't see what's going to happen next. Because if... I just feel, though, if you wanted a story between you and your opponent, you'll be able to hash out a better story for you and for what you want than relying on a pre-written thing that you then have to balance for your terrain set. Because we've played scenarios as a group where we have to play it three or four times to get something that we feel is right because we're starting from something that quite clearly had different starting assumptions than our group is bringing to the table. Yeah, but it's a starting point. Anyway, uh, to, to answer the question that you didn't answer, David, yours has got big battles, doesn't it? It's it's a lot of models for, yes. for most of them, yes, yeah, so, and it's a lot of scenarios as well for that one. So there's there's a good amount of scenarios there. The scenarios are the way they sort of tell the story, aren't they? They can't rewrite Tolkien's, well, they try to for some of the introductions, but the the scenarios are the story of the the North or the story of the Necromancer or the story of the the quest of the Ringbearer. So for some people, it's just a, a way of seeing where your models can go. For me, David, to answer that question that you, that you surprised me by. The scenarios give me a framework for my collection. They 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 tell me okay paint this collection to play this collection. They give me something to aim for in the same way that people aim for tournaments. I want to make this tournament army. I need to make an 800-point list and get it done by this date and build it. For me, I, I build to the scenarios and any list or everything. And I, I, the fact that there's new scenarios gives me new challenges and keeps the game fresh because, yes, I can make a scenario with you easily, but it'll probably be the same scenario I've made over and over again because I have those habits. And these do break me out of those habits, and I, I do enjoy that... I do enjoy that moment of trying to fix a scenario that's that's absolutely rubbishly written, and there's there's quite a few of them in all these, and there's quite a mm. few good ones as well, and, and that's a challenge in itself as well. So that's what I get out of it, David, and I'm I'm a big scenario player, so that's that's the difference there, I think. Interesting. I almost have the collection works the other way, so I'll collect things that look cool. I'll go, yeah, the scenario. I'll flip it open, and I'll go. There's not one of these Lothlorien scenarios that I can play because yep. I didn't think that that particular unit type looked cool, and it's in every scenario. I agree that you have to plan ahead, don't you? And they they do they're very shopping list like, and I think they're actually a bit better about them now, where the the shopping lists are, are reasonable for for Games Workshop. Like you look through them all, and there's sort of a logic there. I think I think that Defense in the North pushes the boundaries. There's one scenario of like eighteen of the Black Guard in there, and things like that. Like that's just uh, what's the, what's the Eastling Guard called? Dragon Guard, Dragon Knights, Dragon Black Dragons, Black Dragons, yeah. It's got 18 of them in there. It's ridiculous. Ooh, that's a lot of Black Dragons. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're pushing the, the boundaries in that one quite a bit. It's, I'm hoping they've actually played the scenarios because I, I, I must admit, I played through some of the Defense of the North ones, David, and the small ones are really good. And the big ones, I have a theory that some of them, they've just put down the models and a scenario and just said, do it yourself. I don't think it's actually been playtested, some of them. Yeah, and then there's always the problem of if it was intended to be part of a linked narrative campaign, then the bonuses before and after might have affected that 
affected that as well. So the original Fall of the Necromancer, some of those scenarios only made sense if you realize it's not about winning the scenario, it's about damaging a certain character. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of DIY in the scenarios. I, I don't think the campaign is is tested out. So you don't believe it's an intricate web that also ties together at the end? No. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't think that they're spending their time playing the scenarios. I think if they do any playtesting, which I think is debatable, I think they would definitely say they do. I don't necessarily agree with everything. Um, but I think that will go into the profiles and the points and, and the, the Legendary mm. Legions. I don't think it actually goes into the scenarios. I think the small ones they do play through. I think there's evidence of that because I think they're, they're almost always ballpark. Yeah. But the big ones, I think, are very, would, very hit and missed. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. And it probably comes down to a time thing too. Mm. But I always find it a little disappointing in that regard where we do get scenarios like that. Because for me personally, I've always loved playing scenarios where both sides have a chance of winning. So it's it's it almost feels like a points match type game, but you're locked into what models you have. So you have to kind of create strategies and, and you know, ways of fighting your opponent on the fly. And that's kind of what disappoints me a little bit with some of these scenarios. It's, it's very clear, you know, who has the advantage and who's most likely to win. Like good might be an 80% chance to win this scenario or evil might be a, you know, 90% chance to win this scenario. And that just feels wrong to me. It feels, I always prefer it when both players, you know, have, you know, close to a 50%, maybe a little bit of a deviation to one side or another, but it, it feels better when both players feel like they're invested in the game and have a chance of winning rather than it being a bit awkward and, and one-sided. Because I don't, if, if I'm setting up for a scenario, I don't want to, the first time I pull the models out, for it to be grossly in one player's favor because that, to me, feels like a bit of a waste of time when... You know, I'm carving out time in my day to sit down and play a game and I've gotten all this time to collect these models and, and paint them up and put them on the table to find that the time I've spent to set up this game was almost moot and I'd have to go in and fix it myself. That's not to say that, you know, going in, like you said, Jeremy, some of the fun stuff that we do is we fix scenarios. But when I've, you know, only got two hours to play a game or three hours to play a game, like you don't want to spend time fixing someone else's work. There are other ways that we've seen them do scenarios. For instance, there was that Streets of Gilliath one with the three uh, Mordor trolls that didn't actually deploy on the board but then did when <laughs> they FAQ'd it later. Mm. That one, the win condition for the good side, it's impossible. We played that a ton of times. We never got close to a good win, but the draw condition was doable. And we had game after game come down to the wire in these absolute nail-biters as to whether or not Pippin or Gandalf could get off the board and secure that draw condition. So it was a good, hard-fought game that went right to the end, but they were still able to say, oh, no, Minas Tirith got pushed out of the city. How unfortunate. You'll have to play the rest of the campaign now. Mm. So if they want to do that, at least that one, they gave you something to fight for, so you were doing something in the game rather than just going through the motions and getting pushed off the board. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. That's very fair. And look, I, I, I do not want the scenarios to leave these books. I think that there there no. is a real value to that from, from me personally, and I think it's... It's one of the only game systems across any company that actually makes these scenarios and gives you some narrative stuff. Like, there's so many that I wish they did. Like, there's Star Wars game at the moment, Star Wars Legion, and they don't do it. There's yeah. I had had Battlefront was uh, Battlefront. Oh, someone was doing like a, a um, Flames of War, and I was just shocked. And there's no narrative scenarios in that one because there was historic scenarios at the time. Like, why can't you put some out that had 
something representing the history. Oh, no, 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 just do points match games for that one, which was bizarre for her historic game. So I, I do like that these are in there. I absolutely get that a lot of the book comes from the scenarios. Like, I think it's, it's is it half the book for each of us? I think it's about that, isn't it? It's, it's a yeah, good amount. Yeah, the, the halfway point for the book is usually the, uh, the, 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 uh, the campaign flow through. Yeah, so I've got I've got half of it is is the scenarios. David, yours is about half scenarios. Yeah, pretty it? close. Yep. So if you're not liking the scenarios, you're probably not liking these books very much, and you're probably just going to photocopy the one page you like and whatever the laws are in your country about that. We're we're pretty good about that. We can just get a page. I, I've got one more thing to say about the scenarios because I'm not going to go into the scenarios deeply. We've got one of these that was written by uh, fans, not not by the the actual company. So they they do their typical like written by the Middle Earth team, which is the standard way of making sure that it's it's owned by the company and that's all fine. Like I, I know why they do that and that's good. But this one they borrowed one from from fans. So it's over it's towards the end. Yeah, so in the Fall of the Necromancer book, there's one called Thrain the Broken and it says designers note this scenario was originally created as a fan made scenario by Damien O'Byrne and Tom Harrison. Sorry if I've pronounced that wrong guys. Uh, when the extended edition of the Hobbit, trademark, Battle of Five Armies came out. They have kindly allowed us to make some small tweaks to update the scenario and publish it within this supplement. Very nice of them. And very nice of them to provide that for, I assume it's free. I'm assuming they're not going to get any compensation for that. So that's very nice whenever someone donates to a publicly listed company. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's work. more for the notoriety for them. Yes, yeah, good work for those people. I think it's more that it's probably a friendship group, I would say. Yeah. And, and then, like, I don't know, Kyle, if you happened to work for a big company and I had put something together and you said, hey, can I use this? This was fun. I would most likely just say, yeah, go for it. So I think it's probably, like, I, we're just theorizing at this point. I think it's probably a very good thing and a very I'm, nice I'm thing. a tech in the performing arts world. That is literally my day job. Yep. Yep. There we go. Hey, look, so, I designed a lighting show mm. for this big multi-million dollar company or this massive touring group or this huge dance school. So, Kylie, moving on to the army section, anyway. we've all got an army section, don't we? Indeed, we do. Yeah. We now, do. This um, is where I've got, I've got opinions, because I was very positive about the scenarios overall, I thought. I, I liked it. And David, you weren't so positive about that? No, I felt many of them just fell flat in yeah, execution. Yeah, yeah. I, I was sitting on the fence, as yeah. a th- typical round or triangle table discussion yeah. would be. And that's fine. Well, and you're both wrong. The scenarios are amazing. But the army lists... Kylie, what, what army list do you have in this for a start? Well, this, I've always found this weird how they reprint some of the army lists from the main books. Mm. So I've got like Fellowship, Rangers of Athelion, you know, Wanderers in the Rod. I think the Nazgul are kicking around in here too. And I always felt that was a bit, a bit weak yep. to uh, be perfectly uh, honest. But, you know, I don't begrudge them. They want to, you know, fill out, you know, some... Page, uh, page space in here too when it probably will help people who are collecting armies but also it's it's more of a way of breaking down new models a new seconds to the list so I think I've got four new models in my book which you know I'll take I was a bit disappointed that we only got four no alternate profiles or anything like that uh, but I did get a plethora of new legendary legions which I have a love-hate relationship with and I'll get into a moment about why but that's that's the next topic for discussion. Correct, correct. Not so army. So you got you got gonna, four new What were your four models? So my four models are Bar, uh, Barlin Butterbeer, Bar, Barley Man Butterbeer. Yep. Uh, Harry Goatleaf. Uh, we also have Anborn, uh, Ranger of Athelion, and uh, Mablong. 
Ranger of Athelion, which um, all four of these profiles I actually think are quite nice. Yep. They're, they're, they're little micro profiles that are a bit um, niche. I will say that I think uh, Barleyman and Harry should have been a bit more ease of access to their profiles from Wanderers and the Riles because, as you know, the Allied system is, mm. for lack of a better word, a bit broken. So I would have seen liked to have seen them around a little bit easier. But I like their rules, what they can do. It's not overpowered. They've got these niche little things. But at the same time, I feel like they just missed the mark of okay. being... Four new profiles. Yes. Okay, okay. Four new profiles anyway. and then a bunch of army lists. There's army lists that those models aren't from, aren't there? So you've got army lists that are... What, what army lists do you have? Um, I've just got Fellowship, uh, Rangers of Athelion. Yep. Wanderers in the Wild and the Nazgul Black Riders. Okay, which, so not, not interestingly, there is an army bonus that says these are not an army; it's a legendary legion. Yep. Go check that out. Which yeah, classic. Yeah. Oh, and Kyriathungal is in yep. here too. Okay. Which incidentally is again a legendary legion, but I suppose you could play it out of Mordor as well. Mm. David, tomato tomatoes. So I've got Defense of the North, and it is packed full of profiles. We've got armies, we've got profiles, we've got new guys for Dale, we've got new guys for Erebor. We've got a new thing with Erebor and Dale together. Uh, we've got Lothlorien. We've got evil models. There's some new king guy ruling over and emperoring over the <laughs> Easterlings. It's, we've got models everywhere. For someone with a book in your hand, you're oddly not particularly specific. Well, no, because I can't flip pages fast enough. Oh, we've got a giant stuff, bear model it? here. Yeah, yeah, we've got Bayorn and his Bayornings. Um, and we've a lot got of the, it, the new dragon general. We've got we've got everything. A lot of that stuff was released before it as well as a bit of a mm. trickle, but they, that had the most new content for a while. It's got heaps of new models. And I, I get the army list there because you need to update some of the, the army yeah. list. They made some errors in that one, but they fixed it up in the FAQ. But you have to update the Eastlings because there's new new models for the Eastlings. You have yeah. to update Dale. And don't get me wrong, I actually quite like what they've done with the Eastlings in terms of its army list composition mm. and its army list structure now. I think it's got a lot of options and a lot of different ways you can play the army list now, which is really nice. I just wish they didn't have to put so much eggies in one big basket called the Dragon Emperor. I feel like that oh, yeah. was a bit a bit missed in terms of execution, but overall, I'm quite happy with what they did with the Eastling, being an Eastling player myself. Yeah, but you've got the new general, you've got the new shaman fellow, so that it's not just... The Dragon Emperor. There was other yeah, yeah. stuff uh, added. I, I get that. I think I think what I'm trying to get at is with the way the composition, again, this is dipping a bit into our a little bit later in terms of the Legendary Allegiance, but what I'm a little bit annoyed about is that they've made the Dragon Emperor so pivotal to a Easterling army and so central to that army that you'd be a fool not to take it. The Fight 5 is just, mm. it's just, it's too good. It's too good to not take. That's a whole other episode that Kylie yes, isn't it? I know, we, I know. We've got to actually put it on the table and, and really, really try it. I've, really I've, 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 I haven't had the privilege of playing with it yet. I've yeah. played against it. And yeah, that 5-5 five five is nasty. I had to do some some funky stuff to get around that. I think it, that one brings the Eastlings from a from probably a mid to... Um, it's a tournament winning army now. To, a, to, to I mean, like, it was already, but yeah. this puts it in like the top. But it gives it heaps of options as well. Yeah. So it's a tournament winner with a few different builds will also work, which is, look, that's not terrible. I'm not against that. Mine, I think here is a huge disappointment. I've got five army lists for armies. White Council, Ragas Alliance, Halls of Thranduil, Dark Pals of Dorgodor, Dark Denizens of Mirkwood, all reprints from the books that you have to have to use this. 
So no new content because you're not buying this without buying the armies of Lord of the Rings or the armies of the Hobbit. Like it just you have to you have to have that. So it's adding very little except for things like who is Saruman the White? He is this guy. He's got magic, and it's it's very very surface level tactics. Like no depth to it really. It feels like a filler page that had a format, and they just had to fill it in, and they didn't have anything. And I've got. Let me reveal how many new models. Zero. None. That's no the models. most disappointing thing about that. No new models. Like, like this is a company that sells models. Sell some models. Give me some models. Like, no alt. That, that's the uh, that's the weird thing. Is like no alternate profiles. No, no change of sculpts. No. no. So sad. I want like a lazy lob and an Atacop. Give me some spider heroes. Yeah, Atacop, Atacop would have been good, or a lazy lob, but that would have been like some 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 fun models they could have done. There's heaps of stuff in the Hobbit around that time that they could have. Easily dipped into alternate Necromancer. They could have done alternate Galadriels. Any of the White Council, they could give them them powered up forms. Like there were options, and yeah, they could have even given us a Gandalf riding Radagast sleigh or mm. anything like that. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Like I feel like it was opportunity missed, and what we got in in place of it just it wasn't appetizing enough. I have a conspiracy theory, which is clearly wrong because it's okay. a conspiracy theory. All right. but get on your tinfoil hat. <laughs> get the hat. Okay, this, this is going to be out there. I feel like the elf stuff from Defense of the North probably should have hung around in this book. I I just find it odd that there's no nothing here. So those orc heroes, especially, they are from Mirkwood. The necromancer, for the necromancer, is all in Mirkwood. I think for some reason, and I don't know why it is, maybe... Oh, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Because there was some sort of unheralded accident at the Games Workshop headquarters where a aircraft may or may not have disturbed the electricity for a long point in time. Hear me out. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm reaching. Know. You're reaching, but I'm, I'm following you so far. No, basically, the very short of this conspiracy theory is some of the stuff from the Defense of the North, specifically the elf stuff, the new elves and the new orcs. So, Orifem, the, yep. the, the Gladrum Pikes. Gladrum Pikes. Well, oh, maybe, maybe. The but, new Gladrum But there's not a profile. I'm talking okay. about the elf profile and the um, the orc profiles. I think probably. Mug, mug, mug whatever his name is. Probably should have shown up in this one and maybe Muscar weren't done. Yeah, the two assault on. Ragsdush or something? Yeah. I, yeah. I can't pronounce their names. Don't ask me to. Please don't ask me to. The two assault on Mirkwood fellows would have been yeah. in the book where Mirkwood was assaulted. That's, what I, that's my theory. That's my conspiracy theory. Because this is about... There's lots of about Mirkwood in this one. So to have them in Defence of the North, yes, yes, I guess it's in the same area, but I don't know. I feel like that would have rounded this book out a lot more if we got that. I'm actually really surprised they did a new movie version for the Necromancer. Because the original Fall of the Necromancer, they had a lot of creative license. They could bring in armies, they could bring in heroes, they had people going all over the place. When they did it in the movie, sort of Gandalf put out a call to a couple of his mates, come back me up, and Radagast went, okay, I'll go get your mates, and then like four of them showed up, and you know, it. There, there's not a lot for them to work with there. The, yeah. It just uh, seems... I, I get what you're saying, especially because like... I mean, you and I both have fond memories of that old Fall of the Necromancer book. And uh, as we sort of said earlier, it is our favorite of the old supplements. Um, and I can't speak for you, Jeremy, but there, there is no, you there, there is a distinct difference between fighting 
the necromancer and nine of his mates and five members of the the, the council versus the the slow reinforcements of literally all of the main elf heroes trickling into this massive fight with all the wizards and all this crazy shenanigans and you got you know all these castellans and trolls and big scary spiders and stuff running in to help out the necromancer and stuff it's just it's just compare and contrast one is this completely rich scenario and the other is this a bit a bit more clunky but there was also a campaign that led you up to that scenario. Yeah. You had the armies maneuvering. You had Elrond bringing his troops in to reinforce. You had the wizards having their secret meeting in the woods and getting ambushed by, you know, castlands of Dol Guldur. And a bunch of orcs too. Yeah, they were sort of outside the woods. You only had to fight them if you wanted outside, because otherwise, you know, they'd wander into the woods and lose all their charge bonuses. <laughs> That's true. Now, look, I, I kind of agree with both of you. Like, I think we're comparing this to the old one. And they are missing some license for it because that. Uh, I, I look. I'm a fan of the Hobbit movies overall. Overall, overall, there's some things I don't like about them. Things I like about them, but one of the things that I'm I was a little bit disappointed with was that the whole raid of of Dol Guldur seemed different than I imagined. I imagined it to be uh, like a, the original book, like a raid where they actually got a force and siege it instead of th- four guys walking in and just running away scared. Yeah, I found the movie version is actually closer to how I pictured the book version, but I just don't think there's enough in the movie version for a supplement book. So I find it really weird that they basically wrote themselves into a corner by choosing the Fall of the Necromancer movie version as the basis for a supplement because there's just nothing there for them to build a supplement around. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, so so that's that's there. I think, look, David, you've got some real content in there. Kylie, there's a little bit, but probably not a lot. I've got, like, really, it's no content. It's filler. And that's yeah. the problem with this book is a lot of it's filler because that's nothing new. That's there. And, and I feel so sorry for the people who don't like scenarios because this book is all filler for them. Anyway, Legendary Legions. Kylie, what do you got? Well, I've... I've <laughs> This is this is a conversation I've wanted to have for a very long time, was, mm-hmm. the, uh, was having a quick little... Here are my thoughts on the Legendary Legions from Quest of the Ring Bear. Now, we'll get them out on the table before I, you know, take off the restraining bolts and go nuts for a second. But I've got Breaking of the Fellowship, which is the uh, Fellowship in Armand Hen before they all go their own ways. The Rangers of Athelion, Lurtz's Scouts... The Depths of Moria, so Balrog and Friends. The Black Riders and Kyrieth Ungol. Mm. So some very flavorful lists right there in terms of Legendary Legions. And you've got one that was so good that it had to be nerfed. Yes. I'll, just bear with me. Yeah, yeah, bear with me, Jeremy. I, I, am, I am letting you guys have a moment before... Dead Air doesn't really work on yes. audio podcast. <laughs> Can we add in some, like, you know... Ominous music. Ominous music. Fine. Fix that in post, Jeremy. Ominous, ominous music. Bomb, when man. I go, yeah. ominous music. Okay. All right. Here we go. So, this is this is this. What I find so baffling about these legendary legions is they are a complete scatter. Like, well, not even a scatter shot. They are polar opposites of some of the best design in terms of game writing they've ever done compared to some of the worst game writing I have ever seen come out of this game. It's, it's, it actually blows my mind a little bit. Like, I am just absolutely shocked. Because you go from something like um, The Depths of Moria, or more importantly, Kyrieth Ungol, which is a 
gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous Legendary Legion, a gorgeous set of rules, the way they work and interact with each other, the way they reward player skill, and then you compare it to the easy point-and-click version of the Black Riders, which has the worst negative gameplay experience at any out of every single possible model, any combination of army you could put on the table. The Black Riders is one of the worst. No, not one of the worst. The worst army to ever have to come across on the other side of the table. It just feels like it's robbing you of all of your agency in the game. And it's just... It just abs. I just I can't work out why. How they go from creating something like Kiriath Ungol or or Lurtz's Scout or the breaking of the Fellowship, and then write stuff like freaking Black Riders and and the Rangers of Athelion. Like how how do you go writing this A plus gorgeous sit on top of Mount Olympus style lists and then swing in the complete opposite direction and write something from the depths of Sorry, Ranto. Do you want to go next, Jeremy? No, no. Do I, maybe we just do. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I will respond to that. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play defense, Kylie. Kylie, it's hard to write these books. We can't. We don't have the time to to play test all of it. So, so some of like thank you. Like the Kira Thunder is was a really nice one. Thank you very much. The Black Riders. Look, people weren't really playing the Black Riders much. So let's reward them for playing by making them much, much easier to use. Much, much easier to use. I like. It's 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 so easy. Like okay, just just uh, again, this is a little bit in of in fairness. Uh, in fairness, in fairness, it has been FAQ'd to make yes, it. Yes, it, it has been restricted. But here's here's my point: is it's not up to the com- the community to play test your stuff for you. If you're going to re- release something like this, like a product or an army list or something, it's up to the design team to play test it and to figure out Since all the kids. when. Since always, that's never been the case. You take your sarcasm aside, but it's that's just ridiculous. It, Carl. I, I can't believe that. It, it just, it just really, I just find it really strange because the other, some of the others in here, like Lurtz's Scout, is another gorgeous list of stuff that makes the lift stronger. That's not restricting that's a army list. That's a at the same list. time, giving you some power points in the list. Like, yeah, it's not going to play a thousand points, but at 600, 800 points, this is a fantastic list to play. It's a lot of fun for both players to play with and against. And the same oh, that's the-, the one I had the most problem with because one, where's the, the feral or a Kai and two, Lurtz's stupid challenge rule is dumb. So I'll tag in here and say your lists are a success as Legendary Legions, based on what you think Legendary Legions are there to do. Are they there to make armies more thematic, or are they there to give you an interesting trade-off in list construction? So I think it's that. I think that's what it should be. So, when you get your list construction, a Legendary Legion, some of them, not all of them, but some of them apply penalties to your list. It says you cannot take infantry in this list, or you cannot take mounts for your heroes, or you cannot take the following heroes out of your list, but in return you get a bonus. Now, this forces you into a particular view of theme, but it also gives you interesting choices to make as to whether or not you are willing to accept those penalties to get those benefits. The problem is something like the Rangers Legion had no penalties. It was only benefits. So if you wanted that theme, it just gave you more benefits. You got more and more shooting into your shooting theme, which if you think theme is the aim of Legendary Legions, they have succeeded. They recreated that scene where the Rangers just stood there and shot people. Mm. And yes, 
if they if, if that's what you want out of your legendary legion they have succeeded and all the place testing in the world would have told them that they were succeeding in achieving what they wanted which was a thematic playstyle so maybe that's what they wanted i no i, I look and this is this is not going to be a nice thing to say um, I think what we want out of the Legendary Legion, Kylie, is something that provides a different way of playing that has benefits and positives and an interesting play experience. I think what the design for is to say that we want the top tournament tables to be thematic lists. We want you to go there and, and say, top yeah, 12 that's... people, they've all got themed lists. None of this like shade allied in with Corsair, uh, throwing weapons and this sort of stuff. They want, they've been pushing towards their idea of theme. And yes, I think they're successful. The problem is that I feel like Legendary Legions are very hit and miss on terms of what balance, and they feel very power creepy to me overall, and that's that's yeah. my concern. Look, I I understand what you're both saying, and I I can I can I can I can gel with both of those points. But again, I every time I look at this kind of debate of where they're going, I I see two. I look at literally the, the difference between two pages. I look at the Black Riders and go, what were they thinking? This is. One overpowered, it breaks previously established game mechanics that ended up getting FAQ'd to break long-held traditions of race being able to wink out and being able to play around those those abilities and stuff like that. Completely removed one of the most interesting models in the game and the way you interact with them as an opponent. And then you got... You flip the page and you go to another list that is just in terms of rules writing, just gorgeous. Like, I look at Kiriathongol and I go, every part of this fits a purpose to the theme, a purpose to the army list, gives it something interesting to play around, makes models that have historically been a bit weaker on the weaker side and made them stronger and allows them to fight within their own ecosphere while still being fun to play with and giving your opponent options and avenues of attack. By limiting what you can take. In fairness, it wasn't entirely the Legendary Legion's fault. The Black Riders as an army list have been stupidly broken for as long as they've mm. been in the game. Basically, you don't see them at local tournaments because most of us agreed that they just that they were too powerful. I've got no idea how that British podcast manages to keep a straight face every time you used to say that they were a theme choice and weren't powerful at all. But yeah, these guys look, don't, don't, crush local tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Don't that, get me wrong. Black Riders, like, as much as I've harped on about it, um, Black Riders are a skill army list. You, you need to know how to play the game at a very high level to get any sort of effort or power out of these. Yes and no. But when it comes for you and but, you but see when, it in yeah. your opponent's eyes, it, it'll take you off the table. Yeah. You can't but stop that, that, that said, the ceiling for this list is stupid high. The, the, the way you can play it, the, the avenues of play you have for this list is crazy high. And I just, part of it feels like it, it will overpower just about every every army in the game, almost every army in the game. Unless Wait, you take Kylie? the hard counter legions. I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got an idea here because going on to mine. So they've, they've learned from that one. So they, we, we, we know you put out the legendary legion. They're still finding their feet. They're still trying to find that. We've got the rangers of Mirkwood in this one, which is a legendary legion that really doesn't do much for the rangers at all. So they're already thematic choice. You've got basically really not much benefit. You get to do a shielding rule if you want at some sort of point. You hate spiders. Okay, cool. This is where you're getting the uh, the matchup. Like, my Legendary Legion hates a specific Legendary Legion. 
you get to take a second Sentinel. That's the benefit over <sighs> taking that list from the base army. Because Jackpot. of the way bow limits line up. Yep. If you take that, uh, if you take a Ranger Mirkwood list from the base Mirkwood list, you only get one Sentinel. Yep, that's true. That's true. And, and Sentinels are good models. There's nothing wrong with that. You get you get some extra knife fighter rules. You get don't you. Sentinels don't count to bow limit in that legion, though. Correct. So in this legion, you can get two you can get sentinels. You can get you can buy you can buy lots of sentinels, right. which is okay. which is which is a benefit. That that's true. But honestly, I prefer to take the original one because you have got no banners. The other legion's better. So this legendary legion, bit of a dud, bit of a dud. Doesn't really play differently, so it's, it doesn't change it up a whole lot. And the other ones more powerful, more options. Then you have got the Vanquishers and the Necromancer, which once again, like the Black Riders, had to be FAQ'd because this was a, a non-play experience one. This is one that you could not take to someone and promote the game because it would just kill their game. In the same way the Black Riders, if you don't know what you're playing against, you can't take a normal army against these and expect to even have any fun whatsoever because this army just walks together as a group and just everyone's on the ground the whole time and they're all just casting spells and they have fixed it up a little bit. I, I haven't tried them in the new edition. I've got to try them out now. But they, they cause a big problem, a big uproar. So Vanquish and Necromancer, same way the Black Riders, concerning. Pits of Dolgoldor, it's fair. It's an Azog one. It's got one special that sounds overpowered, but I, I sometimes, once again, I prefer to have, have Berserkers. So this one feels like I'm cutting down my army list. I'm, I'm very experienced with the Dolgoldor and, um, sorry, the Azog's Legion. I play that a lot. Hmm. That's one of my big armies. And this, this army list, I play sometimes if I want to challenge myself. It's not the go-to. So I think it's actually done well. I think that's good. That's a theme. I like that one. And then you've got the Rise of the Necromancer one, which is... I don't like this because it's exactly the same as the army list you already had, but just better. But just like, here you go. Here's an extra bonus for you. Yeah, so this is using Legendary Legions for a third reason. It's not driving a set theme. It's not restricting you and giving you more options. It's just a straight-up buff for an existing yeah, it's army. Just a, just a, and it's a, it's a relatively minor buff. It's an extra spell for Necromancer, which I guess that's that's really not that minor. But still, it's just like... Uh, it's extra attack as well. It's just... We're going to make the army that you've already got available. It's already pretty good. Just a bit better. And and I don't know. I, I, want, I want more options. I don't necessarily want just straight better one. David, what Legendary Legions do you have in that one? So, we'll start off with the Army of Dale. Basically, if you don't want Geryon, but you want the new heroes, um, it's the Dale army, but you get Swarm Protector on your blokes. You lose Geryon, you gain Swarm Protector. It sounds like a straight buff, um, because Geryon's with place with the two new guys. So. I, I I'm was disappointed. I'm a, I'm a Dale player as well. I feel like I said that for everything. I'm, a, I'm this player, I'm this player. I've been playing <laughs> to, a lot. To be fair, we, we own, between yeah. the three of us, every army in the game, so... True. But I have been playing Dale a lot lately. Yes. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. been playing Dale a lot lately. And when that came out, it was literally my army list with Swarm Protector on everyone. And I feel guilty playing that because Swarm Protector is a good rule. It's really good. Anything auto-pass courage is a good rule. And to get it on everyone for nothing... No change in my army list. Like, I literally have the same army list. It's it's one character different. It's That feels weird. I, once again, I would have preferred something a little bit different there. It's just, I guess, what are they going to do? But that feels too much. Just that, that rule to everyone is too much. Make it, make it a bonus around the heroes or something like that, or keep the heroes alive or something like that. Not just like, here you go. You've all got free courage test pasts. No, yuck. What's the next one? Next up, we have Defenders of Erebor. It lets you mix um, some of your Iron Hills guys in with some of your Dow guys. So if you wanted to do, and an I believe army... you, there's some weird synergy where King Brand can can go save um, Dane if he's in combat, and vice versa. Yeah, and if one of them gets the... trapped, the other one gets a free heroic combat. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, they can try and rescue each other. Yep. If you have a model which is within three inches of all four models, or if you've got the FAQ within one of the four one models, four. <laughs> it gets a banner reroll. Wait, what? So they the typo. way they wrote it, you had to be within three inches of all four of the listed models, and they FAQ'd it to say, oh, no, we meant within, you know, three inches of one. Ah, they're using the N instead of the or. Yeah, ah. that, that's a minor thing, and we sort of knew that was going to happen. That one, I'm okay with. It does definitely make you play a little bit differently. It gives you a little bit of bonus. It's probably right. It's not the Legendary League you go, I must take this, and that's probably a good spot for a Legendary Legion. So I don't mind that one. What's next, David? Okay, next up we have the Bayornings. Since they're not really an army, if you want to take them, you kind of have to take them as the Legion. Yeah, this is one of those, it could be potentially yeah. a power list for this one, but I actually, I don't necessarily think it is in my first play yeah, because it's I've, got counters. I actually have played with and against this Legion a fair bit lately. Uh, thank so is everyone in the world. Thank you, Timmy. I actually think this one's pretty right on the money yeah, in terms of power. It. Yes, it makes the bears really strong. But they kind of need to be really strong because there's only two of them. And Bjornings, as great as they are, they're only defense four, which means once they lose a fight, they do copy hit. And yeah, they can copy hit with two wounds, but defense four is a really nice balance out point, I guess you could say, for that list. And I'm actually, I'm actually quite happy with how that bear list came out. Um, I would have liked a bit more flexibility in terms of how you could take Bayorn and Grimbion, but taking taking that list, it's it's quite fun to 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 play with and playing against it it's not you just have to tweak your mind a little bit in terms of you're playing against an elite list not you know a, a generic spam list david this is where i've got a fourth reason for a legendary legion to make an army list that doesn't fit in the allies matrix because this one just doesn't fit in it's not an entry but it is an army list in the legendary legion the dunland was the other one that they did that with where they just introduced and just said here's an army list totally contained Away you go. You're right, because that means they then don't have to make further changes to the ally matrix. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so that that one, uh, look, I'm fine with that one. It's it's going to take people a while to get used to it, but mm. that's okay. It makes sense, too, considering that they brought out that particular legendaryism, because allies matrix is going to be hard to tamper with, for lack of a better word. They've been doing after, it too much. Yeah. After they've made it, and there's so much stacking on top of each other, because that's the thing, problem with building... Uh, a game system like this is that you can only stack on top. You can't remove unless you do a full reset of the system. And I feel like we're we're a ways off yet. No reset. reset. Evil, evil legendaries. The host of the dragon emperor. Yep. So in this one, you get a dragon emperor. Congratulations. Plus Eastlings. Yeah, that's pretty much the list. Is this the one they added Kamul to? Uh, no, I no, the, g- g- the generic one in the book. You know how they reprint the army list? They forgot to put yeah. Kamul in that one. So that Kamul came back in that one. This one doesn't have Kamul, uh, but this one, it's... It, it, it's good. It's very good. It's, it's quite It's powerful. incredibly yeah. good. I nearly got my pants absolutely smacked playing against this list, and it was only by doing some crazy shenanigans with terrain features and winning a roll off to disengage that I actually managed to claw back a win. But this list is insanely powerful in terms of what it can do on the table. Just it's, it's, it's so good. It's just so good. I'm worried a little bit that Eastlings become a bit like Rohan where, you know how Rohan got the legendary legions and they just got really, really good. 
Yes. I, 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 I haven't played them enough. They're still on my painting table. I haven't got to them. I've got all these Easterling models. Yeah. I love Easterlings. I've got a full army of them. My color scheme is showing up in everyone's army now. I keep seeing it online. Some, <laughs> someone's worked out that the Easterlings must be painted in turquoise, which is fine because it looks really good. But the, um, I just worry that it's got a bit of the Rohan treatment where it's, it's an army that probably was a little bit niche. And they went right. Let's make this army really to the top. Up. Well, I, to the top. What I what I will will say is that I do love the fact that um, the Legion and the new options in the army list have given creativity to the, to the list builders, and I am True. I am happy for that. Um, my worry is the fight five being prevalent oh. now on the base troops yep. and it being it, that is a big break, break point. Fight four to fight five is a huge break fight point. Fight five or is yuck. Don't don't do that. Stop, it's a very big break point. As good as elves. And there's quite a few of them around though. Yeah, I don't like them though because it's just because what what's special about elves then? If they're fight five, they can hit fight six. Yeah, but once again, that, I don't think that's the most right way elves to do can it. hit fight six now. Yeah, too. Uh, yeah. you need to go to fight four and a half. Hmm. Um, it's tricky, but yeah. The other thing I noticed, people were telling me that they had a banner for all of their heroes. It's not a banner, it's just a D6 re-roll. So you can yeah, stack a banner with it, it as yeah, well. It's better than a banner. It's, it's, it's really good. Oh, uh, there's some sneaky stuff H- in that. Henry was actually, speaking of which, you should also stay tuned. Uh, interview with Henry coming up in some uh, rec- in the future. Um, Henry was telling me that that extra re-roll on top of a banner is life-saving. It's, oh, 100% it's, of this. It's, it's insane. It's like, it, it takes them... Some of the Dragonites on the charge to like five and six attacks. It's 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 kind of it's kind of batty. Suldan, it's got a. You can do another sneaky one like that as well. Um, my Suldan yeah. Mumak army has the double banner, and it's just so good to be able to reroll two dice. is is huge. What's the next one, David? So after the host, we then have the fell beings of Mirkwood. So this is your Razgush fellow, um, and it's basically the list with the Spider Queen in it. I've played this one a lot. I yes. really like it. It's good. It's, it's good. It's fair. It's, it's not got, great, but that's it's, why I like it's okay. It. It's okay. It, it's, I think it's right where it should be. It's it's a, it does something different. I like that it gives you the Spider Queen and Razgush in the same army. So you've got spiders and orcs all together working together. It's a fun list to play. It's quite powerful. It's played well. It's quite weak if you get thrashed by it. You know, if you thrash it. It's okay. I like it. It's not going to be a world beater, but it is interesting. I like it. The next one though, David. Yeah, I think just to quickly on that, I think what would have I re- what would have made me love this list a little bit more was just another little flavor rule that allowed, um, just gave you a more of a generic buff that wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Agreed. wasn't specific on just woods or just, just elves. fighting elves. Mm. What would have been cool maybe is if the Spider Queen had ways of getting their will back, me able to throw out some more broodlings or something like that. Just just something a little bit extra to just change the dynamic of how the list plays from just a standard army list. Or just give you hatred everything if you're within three inches of Razgush or something like that. I know I don't like Auras, but something just to to give you that universal yeah. bonus instead of just like, oh, you're playing elves? Jackpot. Or oh, you're not playing elves? Okay, too bad. What I like about this one is because Razgush is in the Mordor list, na- natively. So he can do basically everything here except for the Spider Queen. So you are losing a huge amount of stuff from the Mordor mm. list, but you are gaining a Spider Queen. Which is so a good model. There is a very real reason to take this um, mm. this legendary legion. There is very real reasons not to take the yeah. legion. Yeah. Agreed. And, and again, that's why I specifically mentioned the broodling stuff because I think something that gave the fighter's queen it doesn't have to be an overpower buff, just a little something. Just a little like, you know, a little 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 niche little pick me up, a little 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 something or other just to, to help make it really sell 
hey, you want to pair this guy with the Spider Queen because it's going to be really cool. And it, look, if you're a Dark Denizens of Mirkwood fan, this is actually a pretty good list for you. Yes, it this is. is. This it is, is a, a usable list that I can Speaking see. Speaking of Dark Denizens of Mirkwood, oh, and yeah, this crazy <laughs> army list. So it seems that every book needs to have a shooting legion in it, and we're up to the last legion. We haven't had one yet. So oh, next no. up, we have Assault on Lothlorien. I actually quite like this one now. It is a powerful get lift. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It is a stupidly powerful lift. But I do like what you can do in terms of construction within this army list. But more specifically, I like the way this list has been designed in terms of how the power is loaded into the list. Because you don't have big, scary 3-3-3 fighting heroes that just run up, hit, strike, and smack you over the head. It is all soft power in, t- in this list. It's, it's buffs, spells, it's enraging things, Shroud of Shadows. It's not just you know, I smack you with the big stick. It's You have to be a little bit more creative than that because your opponent does have the opportunity to counter back. We have a different definition of soft power. Yes. Uh, my definition of soft power is where you buy the person a drink beforehand so they, <laughs> you know, they go easier on you. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair this enough. This is bat swarm, enraged bat swarms, enraged spiders, <laughs> uh, traps with prowlers. Um, this is... It's one of the most in-your-face raw power lists there is because even a WAG, if you charge into a WAG and it suddenly gets plus two strength, plus two attacks, plus two fight, that WAG has taken chunks out of heroes. Um, It's not as bad as when it used to be plus three stats on a standard cast from Enraged Beast, but plus two is still pretty nasty. it's it's all coming front-loaded. It's not coming in the back load. But it is if they lose priority. You charge in, who's he going to cast it on? But you st- this is okay. Again, this comes down to movement and stuff, which is quite interesting because this list is, is all about the movement shenanigans and, and how you position your army. But if you're playing this list and you enrage up, say, the nastiest one with the white wild chieftain in that list and you send it into a hero, your opponent can still counter strike back into it. So that's what I mean by it's all front-loaded. All of the power in the list comes in the movement phase. It's not coming in the in 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 the combat phase. It's not coming with combat shenanigans. Not in the it's shoot n- phase? I'm getting to that. <laughs> uh, it's not coming from heroic strikes or heroic combats. It's coming from spell buff spells in the movement phase. And that's what I think is the key difference in terms of power in this list as opposed to other, you know, standard front-to-back list, which is just the simple, you know, command-compel into strike or charge into strike or combat into strike. I'd say the main argument for this list being balanced is there's no compel native to it. Yes, that's that's um, that's my, because, my point. But as soon as you can use your pile of throwing weapons at plus one to wound or your two-handed weapons at plus three to wound to chip out a few models around an enemy hero and you can get a bat swarm and anything else into them... That is a combat phase powerhouse. You talked about casting magic on the Wild Wild Chieftain. That guy can pull some seriously nasty hero combats once he gets angry. He can, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's not a powerful list, and I'm not trying to dumb down there's a powerful list. It's a very good powerful list. It's up there with like the the, the The Black Riders and the White Cancel. I wouldn't go up that high. I would go more Rohan tier... Kind okay, of, fair enough. But you know, your 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 pars of Druidan and and stuff like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence here a little bit, Kylie. I, I okay. do I do love the choice of models in this one. I yeah, think that's same. really cool. I think it's something you wouldn't normally see. I think there's a good good scene there. The problem I have is David. What's that darkness rule that it's got? 
Cover of Darkness. So it's basically the Ill Met by Moonlight special rule, but with a different name. So due to the reduced visibility, models cannot be targeted by shooting, magical powers, or special abilities over 12 inches away. However, as it is much harder to avoid a shot in the dark, all shooting attacks gain a bonus of plus one to wound when rolling to wound. Siege engines may still target and so on. Uh, models with the Cave Dweller special rule can see as normal. And they've FAQ'd that to mean that a model with Cave Dweller does not get plus one to wound against it when enemies shoot at it, and it can fire the full distance of its bow. Yes, it is. What I don't like about it is... That FAQ was what tipped it over. But also before that, crazy. even just... Just to have something that, that you can bring automatically that you know you're going to bring it because you've designed your army list around this. So if you want to shoot, you get a whole bunch of short range, you shoot stuff, which well, with the cave dweller is insane. But you take a whole bunch of prowls and some of that that shoot I really mean, my nasty. master's list has 17 prowls with, yeah. sorry, 14 prowls with throwing weapons But it's in such it, a but, feel yeah, bad yeah. for your opponents. You just say, oh, you've got 24 inch bows. No, you don't. Like that's, I don't like that you've got an inbuilt counter in your army that costs you nothing. Yeah. There's no resources. If it was a spell, if it was something that one of the shaman could get and you cast a three plus and you played at night time for that turn, I would deal with that. That would be yeah, okay yeah, I, with I, me. I, could, I, could, I don't like it free. I could see that. I can see that. I think, I think what tips it for me, what I didn't like about this when I first saw it, well, rather when the FAQ came out was because... I've, I don't know about you guys, but I've always played the Ill Met by Moonlight, that kind of, that special rule. You know, yeah, the range is being reduced, but your opponent's a plus one to wound you. And that was kind of the double-edged sword of the list for me was that, oh, you're taking defense for goblins that can be hit at plus one to wound coming back at you. But since they removed that plus one to yeah, wound, it's kind of, you just took the, the, the double-edged sword nature of this list away from it. Like... That's what annoyed me was that FAQ coming in. I think pre that it was a pretty well, pretty good list. I think, but now yeah, after that it just went gangbusters. It just went stupid tier. The problem I have with it is that you're forced to close into it because it has superior shooting at range and with plus one to wound, it has superior shooting up close. Once you've closed into it, it can bring its superior weight of numbers to bear with the plus ones to wound, uh, which is just terrifying their strength you know five goblins um if you give them two-handed weapons and backstabbers there's you know th- there is no comprehending that level of strength but even then if you want to shoot they can still shoot even when you engage them because they're evil so you can just if you yes, want to they do have the the corsair tricks yeah. um up their sleeve but i will i will say as like a, a side proviso um to that fact is that the list is very fragile on on the receiving end because if you do get into it you do close on it and do get good engagements on it it crumples very very quickly and obviously i'm taking this to master so i've been practicing it a lot lately and one of the things i am always terrified of is someone going cool borrow me of gonna in box out the combat heroic combat everything's dead or just shoot the person that borrow is heroic combating with a bit hard to do that when you know spiders or or what have you yeah, no, I get, I get there's ways to beat it, but my, my, my problem is that I don't like that reliability of something that just stuffs up your opponent all the time. It Plus, feels the throwing like daggers aren't that reliable. I'm going to say, I'm going to go anyway, you go, you go, I'm going to say, I, I like the shades rule better than I like that that darkness rule. Ooh, I think that darkness rule is that's worse than the shades rule. That's interesting. Yeah, because you can play around a shade. You can't play around that. Yeah, yeah, and this is, I think they've gone for like four FAQs of trying to hit the shade, and then they've come up with this rubbish. And I don't like that at all. So I'm. You know what? You know what? Uh, I can. 
I, 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 I think you've actually changed my opinion here, Jeremy. I'm quite surprised. Mm. Mm-hmm. And people don't do that. No one changes their opinion. If Barmy Yeah, no, I feel like you have changed my opinion. Like you've just pointed out the madness of this list because I've only been playing with it <laughs> kind of a lot lately and if Barmy wants yeah, to no, you raise a very good point. through a goblin horde, he can spend six points of might and yeah. there's still a goblin horde left. Well, in my experience you don't get that many goblins and orcs in this list. Yeah. That's 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 because like it's a trade off. You go for spam, yeah. you don't have the base, and you need the base because they're your only power in your list. It's it's a kind of a trade off kind of deal there. Yeah, no, strength five goblins have some power. I think they're not strength five. They're, they're not strength five. They weapons. just have two handed weapons, and that's Prowls the other thing good. too. Prowls are really good. Prowls are really good, but once no, you get in on them, they're rubbish. The once you got two models in contact with one model, you get plus one to wound. Yeah, and plus you've got the two-handed weapon as so, well, and backstabbers. And backstabbers, so you can get plus three to wound on yeah, your prowlers, yeah. or even plus one to wound on your goblin horde. Yeah, true. No, it's, it's nasty. It's, 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 I, I, I honestly... Maybe it's just the games that I've played with and the opponents I've been playing who have been denying me that Maybe, maybe that they're ability. just really good players. Maybe maybe that's the case. Okay. Although we refuse flanking a lot and, you know, horseshoeing yep. and... Oh, you can play around it, but I yeah, still, yeah. I just don't like that reliability of something that's just, it, it feels very shady to me. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, as I said, you've changed my opinion yeah. and I now agree with you. Which the, I didn't think would happen at the start of this Now, episode, the end of my books, I've got, I've, the end of the books are all very different. So I'm going to go through mine very quickly because there's nothing there. So after all this, I've got more filler. I've got some painting masterclasses, which are, I don't know about the word masterclass. Does that mean to say they're not masterclass? They're pretty It's a class that is named master. Just call it a... Uh, anyway, anyway that, that's, that's semantics. It's not a masterclass. It's, it's a basic way of painting the necromancer, which looks nice. And the terrain, which came in this book, which looks nice, they should have been a White Dwarf article or on the website. You shouldn't fill up the pages, this 72-page book, with how to paint, basically, how to paint flame and how to paint, <laughs> not even how to paint, how to dry brush terrain is the painting guide for this one. That takes up like four pages. That's the content. And then the gallery of the models is nice. I, d- I don't mind the gallery of the models. That's all fine. But that just seems such a way. If, if this book, whole, uh, across the board, the Fall of the Necromancer book, feels a lot like filler. Um, and that's my concern there. Kyle, you've got a decent back to the book. Yeah, my my Bob is a bit different to your Bob. Uh, my Bob uh, has a couple of things. First thing... It what, has what's the, Bob um, for those who aren't getting that? Because you keep saying it throughout. Sorry. Bob, back of book. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Back of book. There you go. Yep. Some old 90s lingo for you. Uh, anyway, my Bob. My Bob uh, has the Fantasy Fellowship uh, little... Duvawackies about how to build your own fantasy fellowship with members you replace and so on and so forth. It also has the campaign rules for the uh, scenarios in this book, which is, as David said, kind of here and there, kind of good, kind of bad, kind of okay, kind of fun if you got the time for it. And last is the Weathertop Masterclass about how to... Dry brush train. Essentially, yes. <laughs> um, a bit lackluster there, but the fantasy fellowship's kind of fun and... Uh, that's, that's, that's yeah, it's kind it's of all right. But yeah, the Fantasy Fellowship is very different. I know a lot of people do. I don't like it, but a lot of people love it. So yes, that, yes. it's got some value to some I know people. there's a lot of people that have played through the scenarios. With I would argue that they haven't played through the scenarios with them. But anyway. Anyway. Okay, so in the back of Defense of the North, we have some miscellaneous scenarios. First up is Destruction of Dale. Which has been reprinted. Yes, so you've got Smaug smashing his way through Girion and about 30 blokes on a board where I don't think you can actually fit Smaug on the board. Um, the other thing is, what? Smaug is a truly beautiful model. There is exactly one angle that you can take a photo of Smaug and it <laughs> makes his neck look like they've stretched paper mache over chicken wire. 
Uh, they've managed to find that exact one angle. It's one of the best models they've ever done. But if you get that exact angle, yeah, no, just twist <laughs> it so ever classic. so slightly to one side or the other, and you'll be right. Just yeah, ignore that photo. Kyla, can you just quickly look in the the arms mm-hmm. of the Hubbard book? And I'm I've got a theory that these are all identical reprints. Could you just open up the back of that? Of course, of course. Okay. So right. that was the the Smaug scenario, which is fa- yes. like destruction of Dale. I want to play the scenario. I need to work out maybe to. I think I'm going to have to make my buildings like a little template as well. So have the buildings and have like a, a flat cardboard that I can just remove the buildings and have a destruction a of Dale. Do you have two L shaped buildings on the right hand side of the scenario? Picture. There's a lot of. There's a lot of L-shaped They're all L shaped buildings. buildings. In, in the top right hand corner. Yes. It's the same scenario. It is exactly the so same print. So in repeat. fact, it's the exact the same photo. Yeah. Yeah, that's the so, one. So look at this one. To play this book, to play this scenario, you need that book. You yes. need that Hubble book. So you, you've got. This is the ultimate filler, isn't it? Here's the same scenario. No, it's for when you've got an opponent on one side of the table and an opponent on the other side, and you don't have to pass oh the book backwards goodness. and forwards. <laughs> yeah, this is what one? it's for. What's the next one, David? Battle for Dale. So this Rally? is Bard and his mates riding into the town. Another fun scenario? Or... Of, there's no Battle for Dale in this one. Are you sure? There's Battle of Azam... That... Right at the back. This is an entirely different time period. Oh, oh, different time period. Keep My turning. apologies. This is I'm Bard going, and his mates. Battle of Five Armies. After that. The Battle of Dale. Uh, does it have a picture of Bard on a horse in the middle? It's the yeah, same, same thing. Yes, same it thing. Does. thing. Exact same picture. Exact same, exact same layout. Is it on page 103? No, one different page five. number. Oh, okay. Different page number. The that's page the only distinct Excellent. difference, which is clearly a macro. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the Battle of Five Armies. Yes, this is I the just one. Passed that one. This is the one where, if you trust Games Workshop's ability to draw diagrams, you can take a no. guess at the size <laughs> of the uh, base of the signal tower. Yeah, no, no, and yeah, it, look, it's another direct reprint, isn't it? A direct yep. reprint, which is the yep. third time we've had no, that No, the one. photos oh, are in different spots. Photos are in different spots, and oh some of the specials are on the other page. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so they've taken a new photo. They've taken a new photo. Yeah. But all the text, all the rules... Are this one might be new. The High Pass, because we have some Bayornings uh, doing battle with some Orcs. Correct. That's a yes, new one. that's a new one. And that looks fun. But wow, play God, that one. what a waste of six pages to print the scenarios that you have to, or- you have yeah. to already own. You've got no choice. It's not... If it was from there and back again, the ones that were from there and back again, but not in the Hobbit book, I get you. I understand you. But to choose to reprint exactly the same ones from a book that I, I really like, man, that's lazy. Yeah, because they're not even updating them from previous editions. This is a current book, which you have to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's so insulting. It's really, really... Yeah. Anyway, am I wrong? Am I, Carly? Am I, am I going too far there? No. No, I think, I think, I think you're on the Not too there. far enough? Look, I've been the, the angle of pessimism this entire episode. I would say it's probably probably, probably a little on the nose, a little on the nose, but I empathise with what you were trying to say, Jamie. I can, it I is did, a little bit demeaning. The only thing I could say is that they just didn't check the other books. They had them all on file, which is likely. that They just got a whole file of the old yeah. ones. They probably grabbed it from there and back again. But to not check, it's not for their, their, mm. their Ringwraith playtesters to not notice that. Come on, come on. At least notice it's there and, and, and reprint one that you haven't reprinted in a book you already have to own. Like, I'm not against reprints. I get it if it's from a different edition. I get it if it's from a hard-to-find white dwarf. I don't get it from a book you have to own to own that one. That's all I'm going to say about that. My goodness. 
they probably got told they're producing a 112-page book. It's written down. We need to have 112 pages in it. I need a good conspiracy theory to get over this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll find one that you'll enjoy thoroughly. I would have loved it, just like they did in the Fellowship one. Take some pictures of people's armies and and, and show what what they've done with that. Or something else, something else. Just reprint the five, because there was a lot of good ones in there and back again. Just reprint some of those that aren't there. There was, there was. Yeah, just, there was just some scenarios in that book. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so the books, I feel like they're, they're very different. The Quest of the Ring Bearer is, I can see why people like that one. It is it is the ultimate fellowship one, isn't it? It's Yeah. I think it's really interesting because the books for me, all, all three of them have their moments of just complete and utter why. Some moments that are absolutely strokes of genius and brilliance. And then there's the absolute ugly, which Jeremy just pointed out with the reprints. And it's it's a bit it's a bit all over the place. I'm not sure if you guys can attest to that too, but it, it certainly feels to me like a, an almost an almost recreation Middle Earth style of the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I think War in Rohan spoiled us for the appendix. Like we're expecting new yeah. profiles, new Legendary legions, you know, new scenarios. Um, but no, these are just, oh, we've, we've got some space back at the end of the book. Just, yeah, put something there. Yeah, and I think what, what I'm, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed in overall is that there's not, there's not a constant improvement. Like, it still feels like they're trying to find their feet with some of these. And the, there's been a lot of books printed this edition, and they're all, mm. they're all, they're incredibly expensive books. I don't know about the rest of the world, but these are not cheap books. Like, I've got the art book from The Hobbit. I've got all six of those, and they cost half as much as these books for us in Australia. So That's these, these yeah. are, which, which are nicer books, straight out. They're, they're nicer books. These add some content to them, but for most people, there's a lot of filler in them. I'm very lucky that I like scenarios, so I get use out of over half the books, and I like a lot of the Legendary Legions, so I get some value out of these. But still, the army lists are usually filler and the the, the dry yeah. brushing guides are usually filler we are getting nice and muscular lugging you know a small library around with us so yeah that is a plus side we are but we are that in and of itself is a little um a little disappointing as well that they're having to consolidate so many different books and i don't know about the two of you but it's getting it's getting hard for me to move just the tomes of wisdom as i have been now calling them just to a local gaming event, just take photos and put it on your device. Like, who cares? Well, I've got, I've got most, I've got most of um, all of these books as eBooks, so they're all on my, yeah. um, all on my Google Drive at the moment. But it's, it's just one of those things of like, yeah, get the PDFs. It's, it's just almost it's, a bit excessive. It's easier to bring opponents to your books than it is to bring your books to your opponents. Yes, actually, that is true. <laughs> that. Everything that you just said, David, oh, I that resonates with a part of my soul right now. <laughs> Some people may use digital. I do not. No, I don't. I don't. I don't use digital either because I they go missing the files. At least I know I've got the books. I do like having the books on the shelves. I, I like them, but overall, I, I my concern with a lot of these is it felt like we got more books and we got models at times, and that yeah. that's weird as well for that that one. But. I do want them to continue. I want. I look forward to. Yeah, the no, time. and I think, I think, I think. That at the end of the day, we do want more content for the game. We do want them to keep supporting the game and keep releasing stuff. Well, the two of us do here. Yeah. Which two? I don't know. The danger with releases is you might get power creep. Whereas if they just stop doing anything, then but then they've we're already safe. got the power creep. Oh yeah, so we need releases to fight the power. We creep. We need more powerful armies to take on that power creep. You're right. You... We've got it. <laughs> 
Otherwise, it'd be just creepy. We wanted to be like going super fast. No more creeping power. No, look, this is we've been positive, we've been negative throughout these, but overall, yeah. these books they they add something. That's to the kind game. of our style, though, yeah. isn't it? To be but, positive and negative about it. I think the bottom line is what I discovered, especially with the Fallen Necromancer, is you only need one of these per gaming group. They've got yeah. so little that everyone needs that pick and choose. Like maybe actually wait and see what's in them before you you go and yeah, pick them and up. With, they're not, with, they're with not how social anymore, media works these days. You'll get a pretty damn good idea of what is going to be in the next release oh, well ahead of time. How good are YouTube? Like the, the Games Workshop gives free copies to these people and they just go and they show you every single page so you don't have to buy the book. You just screenshot the pages. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Games Workshop, for giving me free content. I was going to say, just make a post about it, and if you're wrong, people will correct you. Don't ask what it is, because no one will respond, but just say, That's hey, true. this guy's 70 points, isn't he? And someone will go, no, 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 it's clearly <laughs> 65. That's Actually, cool. David, you have you've hit on a, a part of human psychology that I think uh, everyone needs to know. Everyone needs to remember. In terms of asking questions, I'm gonna do that because I always I want to know how much models I need to paint before, and people have leaked copies. I'll do that next time. Just mm-hmm. say I only need 24 orcs, dude, don't I? Mm-hmm. And then someone, no, no, you need 36. Oh, yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we've probably we've gone through these books and get them yourself, or just we'll go. Give, we've given the listeners a solid hour and a bit of content. Go onto one of those YouTube channels that has like three viewers, and then just go and, and screenshot the book for yourself. Yeah, and remember, traps. Win. Games. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. The Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash the Green Dragon Podcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at the Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.